Wherever I have lived, walking out of the front door every morning means crossing over to a foreign country. One language inside the house, another out. The food and clothes and customs change, the fingers on my hand turn into forks. I call it adaptation when my tongue switches from one grammar to another, but the truth is, I'm addicted now, high on the rush of daily displacement, speeding to a different time zone, heading into altered weather, landing as another person. Don't think I haven't noticed you're on the same trip too. Imtiaz Dark. Hello, I'm on the same trip too. Um, and that was the wonderful voice of... Jim McNeish. And I am Christy Mack, and we are here today. We're talking about integration. Here we are. Mm. We are talking about integration. What about, have you, uh, you know, got an example of integration to kind of get us into this, Christy, for the last Yeah, I mean, there's, I think, so this is like all sorts of different things just now, because there's many different, you know, companies coming together and, and all sorts of things. And social media fascinates me like truly fascinates me because it can be quite antisocial. Uh, terrifies me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a line, isn't it? It's like fascinating, <laughs> terrified. And um, so it has the power to connect us and it also has the power to disconnect us. And I think we've all experienced and noticed factions of discontent, of abuse, of protests in the last while and mm -hmm. you know rightly so for the protests rightly so um and it doesn't feel safe it doesn't feel safe and 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 sometimes i i'm uncertain what to say and actually that's okay you know as long as um as long as i'm educating myself and as long as i am enhancing my knowledge and i'm doing that work and that's what i'm doing and i'm enhancing my awareness then I feel comfortable in that sense. And there's probably, well, I'm probably going to go into it in this conversation here. Um, in the last couple of weeks, just in that safety point, I found it fascinating. I've had conversations with two individuals, we'll see, um, who have been sacked from a call center. Mm. And super good humans brilliant performers, like really good performers, mm -hmm. but sacked because they'd been chatting offline, even though it was online. So for example, mm -hmm. they were like saying, yeah, it's quite quiet today or whatever, because everyone's working from home now. And they were sacked for that reason. Mm -hmm. That's two individuals. That conversation would have taken place in the call center. Mm -hmm. Because I would have like, hey, Jim, it's quite quiet today, mm -hmm. you know? And you'd be like, I don't know. And it's just that, it's weird, isn't it? It's just a Tuesday, whatever. And, and that would have happened. So I found that, because it's being monitored in a different way, I found that curious. Mm -hmm. I found that interesting. And it's where are our zones of safety mm -hmm. in many different elements. And that doesn't necessarily sound like integration per se, but I think, yeah, but yeah. What about you? What about you? Does. Similarly, I think I was speaking to a friend of mine who 
is an early adopter. He's into everything first, the mm -hmm. thought life and, and philosophy and, and different ways of thinking. But he has started a group of um, 12 guys that meet online where they feel safe to now express themselves and explore ideas. And they want to grow and they want to be challenged, but they want to be safe to do it. And so they've actually kind of sequestered themselves off. And that's what I'm finding interesting. Uh, once a week, they share their views, they talk, they, they do all that there. They've created a space. And it made me wonder if we're glimpsing the future a little bit there. Mm. That um, you become a citizen, you become a member yeah. of a, a secluded, a cordoned off space. And um, I just noticed that similar to you, I kind of was asking myself, why does that feel important? And I'm not sure yet, but yeah. I, feel like I'm, I feel like I'm seeing something. Yeah, oh, I get that. I feel like, you know, yeah. I, I, and, mm. you know, so I, I, like I'm interested in your views. Like we've both seen something. We're not quite sure what it means yet. Mm. Um, but but where is this conversation coming from, Kirsty? Where is this originating? What, what, what do we mean when we're talking about integration and yet you and I are talking about areas of, if you like, almost separation for safety? Yeah. And integration yeah. in some way, there's a danger element to it. You know, what's yeah. your what's your thoughts? I think there's so I think we're, you know, we've spoken about it. I think there's many people that we've both spoken about too. So too, yeah. The um the social media world, it seems that it's a dangerous place. Um that there's there's loud voices and I think understandably so there's loud voices and it's actually I want to make sure that we're hearing the right voices mm -hmm. um and I think you know we are now being made made more aware that is yeah we are now listening more to the deficits and you know access to human rights comforts lifestyles you know we've seen it in lockdown phase where some celebrities have not fared well in public opinion when no. they say we're all in the same boat and we say yeah you're on a boat you're <laughs> <laughs> exactly. not on a boat yeah. um we see it in the mountain conversations about and focus on black lives matter um there are and i think we both spoke about this in in my linkedin live there are wonderful articulate graceful i'm going to call them provocateurs like Jane Elliott, like Rachel Cargill, and they are providing provocation, geniusly so. And they're they're needling. They are needling the shadow of white fragility. Mm -hmm. They're causing unease. They're causing uncomfortableness, and in some cases, they're causing outrage. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to listen to them a lot, a lot more. We have an opportunity to learn. We have an opportunity to unlearn. We need mm -hmm. to understand, or we could understand our unconscious bias, our stereotypes, our privileges, and have honest conversations. And, and those are the voices that I want to listen to. We want, I want those voices to be amplified and not lost in the melee that mm -hmm. exists on online on right. So there, there's sheer genius emerging, like just incredible, wonderful like hard-hitting mm -hmm. genius coming our way and it's about what we're paying attention to and 
I was reading an article with Brene Brown in it and the quote came from her, but I don't, I think she was quoting someone else. And so please forgive me for not knowing who it was, but she says, activism is giving ears to the earless, not merely a voice to the voiceless. Yeah. And I, I remember I was speaking to a beautiful friend and I was like, people are listening now, right? Um, I, I, no, I think I was hopeful. I was praying. I was like, people are listening, right? And it's like, even if they're not listening, it's, <laughs> they cannot not hear, you know, the, 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 the voices are being heard, you know, and, and some, some people, and, and so I think it's about ensuring and knowing what we're paying attention to. So on one hand, there's a view that if it feels uncomfortable, stay there. Yeah, go there, find out what it is, because there is provocation. And if there's provocation, that's your shadow. And so learn from it and mine the gold and do the work. Find the gold, embrace it and learn from it. And we've got a lot of freaking learning to do. <laughs> have conversations with people that you feel safe to have conversations with. And I'm, hmm, as I say that, how do I feel? I don't just mean stick with the people that you already know because that's what got us into the place in the, you know, this situation in the first place. It, it's not that. It's about your people that are getting together. You know, I, I want to be free to express myself and ask questions and go with solid conversations and have proper, honest conversations that matter. And, and I, think, I think most of what is needed is known. We just don't know how to apply it. There's just yeah. been so many, you know, we're going to have to negotiate new relationships because this is, this is turbulent. Right. It's, it's not, you know, COVID-19. Yeah. Okay. That was pretty crap. We have stacked conflict. We have COVID-19. We have social injustice. We have politics. We have recession. All of that could block human progression. Yeah. You know, if we look at it and take the notion of a spiral sense in which we talk about a lot, it could block movement up the spiral. Um, and, there, you know, Claire Graves and his articulation, although some of it is just key. Um, in 1974 now I can't remember the paper it will come to me um, he said we have three options one the dark side we fail to stabilize the world yeah. two we fixate on the societal complex which is like blue and orange and green so I, the, listen to these words right <laughs> this, is what, this is what he said we have tyrannical manipulative government glossed over by a humanitarian sounding double think and moral rationalization. <laughs> yeah. 1974. Yes. Claire said that. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know if it rings true for anyone listening right now. <laughs> we emerge and proceed towards stabilizing, integrating all integrating. and thinking a different way. Mm -hmm. So whilst there is this separation, as you say, there could be a new movement, a new symphony of human history. We could be if we listened, we could be so enriched, so much more aware. And if we go to the places of uncertainty, we could grow through this. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, how, how do we create integration? How do we think on this holistically? We did it as a global system. We mm -hmm. said, we, you know, we cooperated in denting environmental change by 40% mm. as a global system. Yes. You know, we, we stopped homelessness. Now, I know that the notion was different. It was driven by COVID-19, but we did it. We collaborated. 
we thought as a wider system. So there has been glimpses of integration throughout this. And I think yes. there's, you know, it, there's a, a possibility. And I think that's the origin. And so if we were to think that's the origin of the conversation and, you know, we're both building to something and we're not sure what it is, you know, how, I don't know, what does that look like to you? What, what would you say, like, what is, how do we, how do we create that symphony? Aye. I mean, I think building on what we've already done is important. I mean, I just look at even oncology in the last 50 years, like human beings have found a way to tackle some of these things. And, you know, breast cancer, 50% survival rate uh, over five years, that was like 40 years ago. Now it's 80%. And testicular cancer, it's, it's even more dramatic. It's like 63% up to 90% survival rates. Like as human beings, we are doing good stuff. Like, you know, it's, it's not all about us kind of screwing up or getting it wrong or it going in the wrong direction. There's plenty of evidence of us moving in the right direction. And it's about what are the conclaves? What are the spaces where that really good general work on behalf of the human condition can get done? How do we create that? And, and some of it's about technology. Some of it is about how we listen. Um, how do we create the spaces online where people can go and have really great concentrated linear conversations that build on each other, that, that show genuine listening and genuine creativity, where we can actually get back into, you mentioned flow earlier, um, Cheeks sent my highs kind of work on, on actually just getting that, everything coming together at the right time and working. Um, is there a place where we could experiment with more of that? You know, there was that whole thing 20 years ago where you had your second life online and you had your currency yes. and your finance oh, and stuff. 20 years, Jeez. <laughs> uh, You know, maybe now we're ready for it. Maybe now we would sit in a, in a oh. restaurant and yeah, a cafe. Second, second life. Aye. Maybe we would do that. Maybe we would actually get a depth of dialogue. Maybe we would find a place where we could belong and actually build on ideas. And because it's digital, we could register it. We could capture it. We could make it available. Um, it's not a place of separation. It's a place of coming together, a second tier community, which is basically committed to genuine development. You know, people sitting down with the intention of listening to one another, because that's when wisdom shows up. Whenever people sit down with the intention of listening to each other, then wisdom occurs. Um, if we're just there waiting for a gap because we've already got our answer or our question preloaded, then basically it's just a, it's a discussion, it's a confrontation. But if we can actually get into a genuine dialogue, um, an online niche, uh, and, and in second tier thinking, when they talk about us moving into that coral world, beyond even this turquoise world, they talk about guardianship. And is there a place where you can become a citizen become somebody who obeys the rules and contributes in some way to this world where you can also go and and start to talk and communicate um i guess there are some things there that would worry me is it does it become its own excluding place does it form its own privilege mm -hmm. um um because you know, the facts and the rules and the constitution will be determined by its members. And so do you start to create spaces online that have that same exclusion? And so therefore, is this, is this not the solution? It has to be a different level of thinking that means 
people have access and maybe this free flow that we're currently in is actually something that we actually just have to learn how to be yeah. with rather than creating kind of annex spaces or is it a mixture of both is it what my friend was doing which is creating some spaces from have these conversations and do these things and still be out in the real world and still having that stuff exposed to the wider system because my interest would be would those places end up being monocultures or would it be the place where diversity is actually appreciated? Uh, that would be my kind of question on it. Is it working and for whom? Would be the, the thing. But what we want to be doing, though, is whether it's a new level of consciousness, whether it's spaces online, whether it's technological or whether it's consciousness-based, is how can we get to a space where people can be themselves, be heard, and yeah. somehow it integrates? Somehow yeah. it, we, we learn the lesson of not having it to be a clash or a bash or a political undermining, but actually we get to a point of our listening being such that we can embrace alternative ideas to our own, even fiercely presented and see the value in the rounding out of a whole systemic piece of thinking. Mm -hmm. I think that's really where we want to get to. And maybe we just need these spaces online to help move us in that direction another step on but I can't believe that they would be the finished product. Yeah, a stepping stone per se. I think, you know, as you were talking, it feels more and, and I, I God, I ache for that. I ache for that level of thinking and that level of consciousness and, and more conversations that that allow those emergence of thoughts, those emergence of new realities. And um, I, I love, um, I was on the Singularity University Nordic's Fractal Book Club, a mouthful. Um, and Stephen Kotler was talking about um, convergence, convergence of exponentials. And he used the quote of Peter Daimondis saying that more wealth can be created over the next 10 years than the previous 100. And the real opportunity are between converging exponentials. Um, and that this isn't, that it's not the wealth thing per se, but there's the opportunity of integration in that convergence. It's about healthcare and entertainment merging and creating something. It's about us using a gaming system to feel well so that we don't get something from the doctor. The doctor says, play this game and this <laughs> will help. You know, so there's an opportunity now for converging markets, converging industries, converging organizations. And um, Lila Pilak says we are all in the healthcare business, whether yeah. you're a bank, whether you're a consultant, a coach or whether you are a shop. We're all in the healthcare business now. And this exponential, this is like technical exponential technology. Basically, it's speeding up, it's speeding up, it's speeding up, it's speeding yeah. up. And somehow yeah. or another getting some kind of holding together of it and I think for me what will make me want to embrace this more and more is how pragmatic it is mm. you know, I wonder if there's a world coming where we'll be able to do like a date a day a readout like we'll be able to put our plan for the day in and we get a readout that says this will be your impact on the environment this will be your impact on these particular social issues this will be your impact politically if you do what you're going to do and so we still have the freedoms to do it, mm -hmm. but we do it with increased knowledge. And, and I wonder if that's where we're going to have to go because the way that social media is at the moment it is so hostile because we're starting to join up and we can't live in the carelessness of our own autonomy anymore. Yeah. We are 
having to realize that when we are just putting something up online, you might well be trying to put something up that supports Black Lives Matter, but because of your timing or because of where you're speaking from, mm -hmm. as we saw with celebrities and various others, it actually is an offense. And it's like, how do we get our level of awareness and consciousness up? Mm -hmm. Not so that we just withdraw because that's oh, too hard, but so that we start to get really informed about what it is like to live in this joined up world, this integrated world. And um, I remember Anita Roddick telling me once, we were talking about, I think I was going off about Shell or one of the big multinationals in terms of their impact on the environment. And she said to me, Jim, every business is a violence. Mm. You know, the environment would be a lot better without the building materials she used to build a shop. So the plastics that her stuff was in, you know. She said, it's all a violence. And this ability to go light, I think, means that we're going to need AI more than we've ever yeah. needed it. We're going to need that technology and that integrated stuff to tell us as we're moving forward, not to inform us, not to become robotic. That's the fear of AI, that it controls mm -hmm. us, mm -hmm. but that it just gives us information about if you go this route, you've had this impact on the environment versus if you go that route. If you do this today rather than that, and and just information that means we do start to grow in our consciousness as a joined up world. So what does this then mean for leaders? You know, if we think about for leaders, for organizations, because you know, we're still, as we talk, we're thinking, is it this, is it that, is it this? You know, could it be this, could it be this and this? You know, what on a practical sense, if we don't have that AI. I'll tell you right now, the, the AI exists. <laughs> the mm -hmm. AI is there. I think there's a brilliant yeah. company in Edinburgh, actually, Popprint, that are doing a lot of work in that space. Um, what, what does it mean for leaders? I think first thing you've got to look at is the online space that we're now inhabiting. Mm. Are they really productive? Mm -hmm. um, you know, the alternative to sitting in your house or just, you know, phoning on the landline is, is much better, I guess. But um, what does it look like? And have you not noticed that Apple have been phenomenally silent during what this time? happening? I'm just yeah. there waiting. <laughs> just it's going, like, come on. There's a behavioural thing, is it? You know, like, do you and I suddenly show up talking at either side of a fireplace and making eye contact because yeah. you computerised it, did it for us? Or I'm yeah, waiting yeah, on yeah. Apple coming, yeah, come on, Apple. But um, very quiet during this time. Very quiet. Um, but, yes. <laughs> if you don't mind, Jim and I are waiting. <laughs> we're there. We're quite impatient to find out what you're going to do next. We think it involves fire. You know, but we you think know, it involves fire and eye contact discuss. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's our contribution to it. <laughs> if you need us to elaborate, give us a ring. Um, call it anytime. Um, but is that how could we start to make that online experience even more of an experience that basically capitalizes on the security of you being in your own home? Yeah. Yeah. but actually visually provokes potentially something else or guides our conversations in some other way. Um, you know, I, I wonder about that. Is that part of what's coming? Because we have just kind of taken those really boring meetings that where we lost the will to live and we've actually, <laughs> for some instances, we've put them online. We've said, oh, what we'll do is a Teams call or a Zoom call. Um, but actually, you know, we're just having a series of meetings now. Are we having a seat, you know, why don't we open up Zoom and just hang out? 
Dr. John mm. Bartlett, who's been listening into this a lot, he's been doing silent Zooms. You know, there's a lot of companies doing that now. There's CEOs opening their doors, i.e. they're on Zoom for the entire day and, and getting. So I think it, it's that. And I think as leaders, is from an integration perspective, if you have, let's use the word people, pivoted. And pivoted <laughs> isn't just a product pivoted is people it's about product it's about purpose it's about process then have you integrated it well have mm -hmm. you or was it just a short-term solution you know what have you what conversations from an integration perspective have you been having for those people that have been furloughed and those people that haven't Aye. that you know the emotional element attached to that is huge so, you know, how do you integrate those conversations? What honest space can be created to enhance the feeling of belonging? To ensure that people feel that they're part of it. You know, I've, I've heard multiple different stories, as well of you. Of some people going, you're furloughed just now, but you'll probably be made redundant. You are furloughed just now and we think you're coming back soon hey, this is what's happening in the company, just to keep you updated, you know, whether it be through a WhatsApp or whatever, um, we're still doing this, we're still here, boom. There's just elegance in the last one and clearly not the other ones. But even mm. just, you know, from an integration perspective, are HR ready for the new job requirements that are coming through? Are they and are there learning and development, learning and development exactly. too. You know, are they there? I, I agree, are, are the policies in place? And just getting back to your thing about safety, Mm. like with this increased transparency how do you create more safety with people who are talking online mm -hmm. and and do we have to accept that if they say something disadvantageous i mean you saw the body shop getting raked through the coals with their coming back at jk rowlings yeah and uh you know they 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 were getting raked through it as well but that would have been somebody in that organization that decided that was a good idea mm. does there have to be more grace for that or, and paradoxically, how do we allow ourselves to be more challenged online yeah. as well? You know, so you've got, you've got all of those. And how does learning and development start to do that? And, and one of the bits that's getting to me about it is, will stress still be a valid reason for illness in three years' time? Because stress is by its nature overwhelm. Mm. But will part of our job be to make ourselves susceptible to information overwhelm because it's there and that's part of the job situation. And, and it, it made me think even further about if that's the job that we've got to be open to the big wide world and we've got to take what we get and we've got to be both challenged and we've got to be bold and our companies have got to protect us and make sure we're learning from it and we're doing all that. Does leisure time look like what we talked about with my friend where you parcel it off to a bunch of people and say, ah, this yeah. is my space to sing, to um, confess, to explore my shadow. This is my space to do that. And actually, does that start to mark the difference between work activity and business responsibility versus individual health and belonging online that we're looking for? And is it going to be something where we become increasingly skilled at where that line is? I think, you know, there's a, um, oh, what's his name? Bob Chapman uh, writes about in Everyday Matters is about the the primary caregiver being that of the um, your boss, your manager. And actually, mm -hmm. how can we, yes, that responsibility exists, but as you say, how can we move that 
responsibility to ourselves as well and ask ourselves questions. Where do we feel safe? Where do we feel comfortable? Um, that you know that our voice is met with generous ears. You know what would that look like? Where, where do you want to belong? Who do you want to belong with? What are the domains that bring out the best in you? What's going to give you flow? And where, fundamentally, where do you have more access to yourself? That's it, because that that's what we're leaning on now is is for the authenticity. It's like we need people to be able to be authentic online rather than either virtue signaling or giving into pressure. They need to be able to express something intelligent and useful and authentic that's in there. Um, and I think it's possible. And I think it's possible if we get this balance right between our work having to be increasingly transparent and be out there for public critique and as becoming increasingly safe for that to happen within our organisations but also creating those really, really tight belonging guardianship type areas that allow us to explore our own shadow, connect to people that we love, and actually together see if we can generate some intelligence and wisdom that way as well, that could lead us to a much more collective contributory view. You can't remake the world without remaking yourself. Each new era begins within. It is an inward event with unsuspected possibilities for inner liberation. We could use it to turn on our inward lights. We could use it to use even the dark and negative things positively. We could use the new era to clean our eyes, to see the world differently, to see ourselves more clearly. Only free people can make a free world. Infect the world with your light. Help fulfill the golden prophecies, press forward the human genius. Our future is greater than our past. We're better than that. We are greater than our despair. The negative aspects of humanity are not the most real and authentic. The most authentic thing about us is our capacity to create, to overcome, to endure, to transform, to love, and to be greater than our suffering. Ben O'Cree.